1: Tony Katz.
0: It's Kendall and Casey. The are and Nigel show.
1: All right, well, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome to the Tony Kinnett here on 93 W.I.B.C. I'm Tony Kinnett. It's good to be with you. A lot of interesting junk going on around the country and it is junk. It's OK to admit that, by the way, the news this time of year is, is stinky. And here in the great Midwestern heartland state, we understand that February into March is like the dirty slush snow that usually sits at uh, outside Walmart in the parking lot. You know, like the kind that's always right next to your car when you have to get out that that junk. Well, the first pile of that stinky, snowy sludge garbage is that uh, President Biden went down to the border and uh, tried to talk. Um, and President Trump, our former President Trump, went down to the border. And also, uh, it was like a weird presidential battle, kind of a real no border for old men situation. And we're going to be talking about that the next segment. The bigger, stinkier pile of sludge next to the others is that everyone on earth, at least everyone on the media, uh, is freaking out and then some about the Supreme Court of the United States, which really seems to be about half of the freakouts from the progressive left over the last couple of years you see the supreme court of the united states um currently has an originalist majority uh which according to the left means a christo fascist ethno something racist homophobic whatever majority um anywho the supreme court of the united states has agreed to listen to the appeal of former president trump uh stating that he has immunity In the uh, case regarding Jack Smith, the federal case regarding uh, President Trump and documents and insurrection and just a whole big political theater trial situation. Now, many of you will remember that Jack Smith asked the Supreme Court directly to take up this appeal as quickly as possible and uh, I don't know if you guys are also aware we're just full of fun facts here today on the show but the Supreme Court of the United States has a lot of stuff to hear um, the Supreme Court of the United States happens to go over a lot of laws and a lot of lawsuits and a lot of cases and appeals that filter their way up past the federal court system and they can't just snap their fingers whip out a tablecloth like a you know corrupt senator at a Chicago restaurant they actually have to take court cases one at a time which means that the supreme court may not actually have time to hear trump's appeals until july or august because that's how things go and and then that's only hearing arguments and then they may not actually release some kind of a ruling until november which that has put the entire media sphere in a tizzy here's uh rachel maddow Uh, a bastion of of hope, truth, and justice on MSNBC losing her mind over the Supreme Court of the United States.
2: When you talk about the cravenness of the court, Chris, the cravenness of the court is evident in what they are doing with the pacing here, right? Like putting this off for seven weeks, sitting on it for two weeks for no reason, obviously pushing all of the cases that they can push, pushing them to the point where uh, Trump will be standing for election before any of us have heard the verdicts in any of those cases. Got it. It's the timing, but it's also the idea that the immunity thing is an open question, right? Is really presidential immunity an open question? Because what's the most famous pardon in American history? Gerald Ford pardoning Richard Nixon once he had resigned and was a former president. Why did Gerald Ford pardon Richard Nixon? Quote, As a result of certain acts or omissions occurring before his resignation as president, meaning as a result of stuff he did while president, quote, Richard Nixon has become liable to possible indictment and trial. Whether or not he shall be so prosecuted depends on findings of the appropriate grand jury and the discretion of the uh, authorized prosecutor. So. The idea that this is an open question, that it might be that a former president can never be tried for something that he did because he was president when he did it, is disproven by a plain reading of American history and the whole justification for Richard Nixon being pardoned in the first place. So the idea that this has to be taken up is them saying the sky is green. And I think even for the non-lawyers among us to be able to say, you know what, the sky is not green even on our worst day, this is B.S., you are doing this as a dilatory tactic to help your political, uh, your political friend, your partisan.
1: So she goes on like the the Yorkie that chatters in the pet shop window because that's Rachel Maddow. Uh, but more importantly, we need to address two very important arguments here about the Supreme Court. Number one, if the f- script was flipped, let's say that a Democrat president like Obama or Biden uh, was in a trial and or was facing trial, some kind of a, a crime that they might have committed. And they submitted an appeal to the Supreme Court. The left would be losing their ever-loving mind if the Supreme Court did not actually give them a chance to express their concerns before the Supreme Court of the United States. That's number one. Number two, and most importantly, you do not loosely abbreviate basic American history to interpret the U.S. Constitution. Okay, so... Oh, the pain. This is just behind my eyelids. It's elementary civics every dang day of the week. Okay, kids. The Supreme Court of the United States reviews the U.S. Constitution. Um, What was on the news in the 1970s and 80s is not written in the U.S. Constitution. What Richard Nixon did and what Donald Trump did are two very different uh allegations as far as crimes are concerned and whether the president of the united states in keeping classified documents like the last five presidents have done is a very different situation than the president of the united states ordering individuals to spy on different political campaigns and then lying about it and using presidential resources to do so if you do not know the difference between ordering the government to take illegal action and carrying a box of documents like a lot of predecessors before you, again, I'm not saying whether that was right or wrong. I am simply pointing out those are two different things. If you bite into an orange, through the rind and all, and then tell me that's the same as biting into an apple, you're not intelligent. You're not clever. You're not wise. You're not even a good pundit. Pundit comes from the Sanskrit word for teacher. That means I sit here and listen to political crap all day, and then I break down the political crap for you. You may agree with what I say. You may not agree with what I say, but if I bite into an orange and then throw it at you and tell you it's an apple, I'm not doing you any kind of a service beyond silly. Lastly, this evening, my, a piece of news that was sent to me by a friend of mine, uh, Colin Rugg over at Fox News, a substitute elderly teacher... At Perry Meridian High School in Indianapolis was beaten by a 280 pound student. Authorities are now uh, launching into this investigation. Uh, and um, this is just it, the pictures are horrible. This is the latest instance of of student violence. And I would like to take this moment to say, I told you so. There is an account on Twitter that, that made the point today that we need some kind of Tony Kennett was right jar. And when it comes to education predictions, I'm I'm actually here for it at this point. I really am. I don't know how many times over the last couple of years, even doing a survey of 615 Midwestern teachers who told me that behavior in the classroom is out of control. And that students are not being held accountable for their actions. They're not being suspended. They're not being expelled when they get violent and they get slapped on the wrist like they do it in the Warren township schools. They get slapped on the wrist and then they just toddle right back onto classroom and then sit down like nothing has ever happened. The violence in Indiana schools is insane, insane. And administrators that do not hold students accountable and let teachers suffer day after day after day. The rest of the students can't learn because of the violence that is rampant through our schools. I I don't know what what other evidence that you need. Clearly, the counselors aren't doing anything. Uh, I, I will point out that the Indianapolis Star suggested that resource officers were the problem. See, it's the, the school police officers that, that might have arrested the student for beating an old man half to death of the Chromebook. Those are the issues. But what we really need is more counselors who can, you know, come in and give the guy a hug and say, you don't understand why you're beating the man with the Chromebook. It's probably systemic inequity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep Keep trying those options. Uh, I'll say this once more. Any representative or senator who thinks that pumping more money into schools run by absolute fools who will not hold students accountable and kick bad students out of class so that the rest of the students can learn without fear of being beaten or stabbed or shot. Any representative that believes those schools need more money should be out of office tomorrow. Period. Up next, we're going to be talking about the border for old men and how President Biden, his props and uh, Donald Trump fared. Stick around. You are listening to the Tony Kinacast here on 93 W.I.B.C.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips.
1: Tony Kennett cast on 93 W.I.P.C.
2: I'm just a profit with my hand in my pocket.
1: Hey, hey, welcome back to, to the Tony Kennett cast here just on 93 W.I.B.C. I'm Tony Kennett, uh, in case you probably couldn't tell. Uh, speaking of just really embarrassing moments about not being able to tell where you are, President Joe Biden went down to the border finally. Um, and much like East Palestine, he really is a uh, a day soon or a day late and, and a dollar short. And it really, really hurts to watch. I mean, it is an American. It, it really hurts to watch because the rest of the countries around the world do seem to take their borders more seriously than we do. So, uh, a little bit of a recap for in the last week, as in the last seven days, illegal aliens have been arrested for, in the United States, murdering a college student in Georgia murdering a two-year-old boy in maryland raping a minor in virginia raping a minor at knife point in louisiana and shooting three washington dc police officers Uh, that's what illegal aliens have done not in the last month not in 2024 so far in the last seven days again president biden's administration has seen more illegal aliens cross the border than there have ever been illegal aliens in the United States, period. That is beyond insane. It is beyond insane, the situation at the border. And he can he can finally no longer ignore it. So uh, President Trump went down to the border. President Biden went down to the border. We're going to compare what it was like because the the rhetoric that I'm hearing right now in the media is that whenever someone calls Biden old, the progressive like busts into the room like the Kool-Aid man goes oh yeah and then says well trump's just as old so tell you what trump biden both went down to the border both showed up both got out of their vehicles both walked around and talked to people well, sort of. And then both addressed the crowd. Let's you and me here, us, us country bumpkins in Indiana. I know that, uh, that that's not the word the Indianapolis Star reporter called us. We'll get to him later. Uh, but let's just for a moment, us, us common Hoosier Hicks, see if we can detect a difference between former president Donald Trump and current president joe biden here is is uh, former president trump today in eagle pass texas just
3: one week ago a beautiful 22 year old nursing student from georgia was barbarically attacked almost unrecognizable while she was out on her morning run she was a morning run she was doing a keep herself in shape she was a beautiful young woman she was a great person best nursing student there was I spoke to her parents yesterday. They're incredible people. They're devastated beyond beyond belief. But she was beautiful, just so beautiful in so many ways and brutally assaulted, horrifically beaten, kidnapped and savagely murdered. The monster that charged uh, charging the death is an illegal alien migrant who was led into our country and released into our communities by crooked Joe Biden. He's crooked. I took the name away from Hillary because she's no longer relevant i guess she was terrible but he is what he is doing is just unbelievable joe biden will never say lake and riley's name but we will say it and we will remember we're not going to forget her it's been just a horrible story that we've had to live with for the last few days it's hard to believe and her parents are just they can never be the same
1: so that's uh, former president donald trump and he says a few key things there. He says uh, Biden is worse than Hillary because he allowed policies in which this illegal immigrant came into the country, was caught by Immigration's Customs and Enforcement, and they knew that he was bad news. They released him, and then he went to Georgia and murdered nursing student Lake and Riley. And then President Trump makes a point of drawing attention to the victim, Lake and Riley, and says. Joe Biden won't do that. A little bit of meandering, but honestly, pretty on par. You would expect the current president of the united states who we're all told is is fine after all Corinne jean pierre says he passes a cognitive test every day let's see uh if you're watching the live stream over at youtube.com slash wibc or on twitter x at 93 wibc you can see this i want you to see what it looks like as president biden tries to uh walk around this is uh in uh texas at the southern border here's president biden today He's kind of half waddling. Uh his entourage genuinely do not know if they're leading him or if, if he's leading them. Uh, Border Patrol agent is kind of pointing things out. He's again he's he's doddering. I objectively, barely moving, very awkwardly. And that's that's kind of all that we got for a, a good portion of today. And it was really weird because everyone was kind of like, gee whiz, like is is this uh like is this it is this all that we've is this all that we've got out of the guy and uh no the answer is absolutely not it it somehow got even worse
3: anyway it's amazing it's amazing
2: thank you hsi thank you ero sir it's time for remarks and um our briefers i invite you to our seats and then we'll escort you this way mm-hmm.
1: okay He's no idea where he is or what he's doing. She's escorting him like a nursing home nurse. Georgetown, secret. Georgetown, girl. girl. Everyone's like, oh my God, look, it's the President of the United States. Oh boy. What do you do with that? To, to the Democrats, when when the American public sees those two people, what what are they supposed to do? Uh, right now, the answer is Democrats are are saying that yeah, well, Trump is 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 fascist, so it's okay that Biden's old. In fact, what they're resorting to a lot of memes online are are a picture of a lot of uh, white people, and then the caption is. Well, we may be living in a fascist republic, which is an oxymoron. uh, But Biden was really old. And uh, insulting the voters worked really, really well for Hillary Clinton. Best of luck to you. Um, So the Democrats in Congress are trying a slightly different approach. And they're just going to continue to try to blame Donald Trump for everything, like the mayor uh, in Georgia did. Here's Chuck Schumer. He says, Donald Trump deliberately sabotaged the strong bipartisan border bill. And then Trump sabotaged a bill with new border personnel. He sabotaged a bill with improvements to asylum. He sabotaged a bill with the tools needed to bring order to the border. He thought that's the great tweet and he sent it. And oh boy, it did not go very well. One of the reasons it didn't go very well is because Homeland Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, you see... He has been saying for the last several years that uh, he's really proud of removing all of Trump's policies like stay in Mexico and and restricting who can come across the border. Here's Alejandro Mayorkas in September of 2021 bragging about uh, getting rid of Trump's border policies.
2: And I'd like to understand from you what Trump era immigration policies have been banned, ended, reversed, and if any investigations are underway by you.
3: Uh, so we have rescinded so many uh, Trump immigration policies. It would take so much time to list them.
1: Oh, well, how about that? So, so it's Trump's fault because Trump. Uh, hold on, we we can do this, guys. Get get out your 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 chalk. Get out the X's and O's. We're going to break this one down. So, if I if I've got this correct, Donald Trump restricted immigration at the border because he was xenophobic remember that was like he was xenophobic and then when Biden came in he took Trump's policies down which caused more people to come in the country which is Trump's fault because Trump actually was mean to the immigrants according to the mayor in Georgia and then see then they tried to pass a bill which brought in more agents to ferry more illegal immigrants to other places in the country and greg abbott tried to close the border with razor wire at least some passes in texas and then biden said no you can't do that which is also trump's fault and i i I really don't know how they're going to carry on till november i don't it, at this rate, the narrative is falling apart so fast because Mayorkas, again, he is the albatross around the neck of the Democrats. The longer they keep Alejandro Mayorkas, you could have Republicans and Democrats poo-pooing the idea of impeaching and removing Mayorkas. But as long as he continues to run the Department of Homeland Security, as long as he continues to run the border, Biden is screwed in November congressional elections may be a different story, but as far as the presidential race right now, the way national polling is going and with the international situation and the economy getting worse, not better. It is a really, really bad thing for Democrats that clips continue to be unearthed because remember Karine Jean-Pierre and before her, Jen Psaki, Alejandro Mayorkas and president Biden were glowing about how open the border was. And either we're going to use smart policies they were going to use drones down at the border well, the, your smart drone policies and and Alejandro Mayorkas' weird lust for cheap labor, as he told a Senate committee, uh, that's getting Americans killed. And unfortunately for the Democrats, Americans aren't forgetting as easily as the president. On his way to the stage up next we're going to be talking to daniel buck from the fordham institute because don't you know there folks uh grading papers and grading tests um that's actually really traumatic for students so participation grades up next you are listening to the tony kennecast here on 93 wib
0: life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: See, This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Tony cast here on 93 WIBC. Well, if you didn't know, grades are racist and they're oppressive. And uh, anytime you give a kid a grade on a test, you're actually telling them that you hate them and uh, you're dooming them to failure, which is also a grade. So, you know, kind of a catch 22 situation. Joining us is Daniel Buck from the Fordham Institute as well as the long-past-but-loved-and-not-forgotten Chalkboard Review. How's it going, man?
4: Uh, it's going well. Thank you for that uh, introduction. Like you said, may Chalkboard Review rest in peace.
1: Well, because it's certainly... It, it's. <laughs> I actually was talking to a few of the teachers that used to write for Chalkboard Review this last week, and uh, in a couple of direct messages, they were aggravated that it seems like not even like decent grading. Like there used to be more strict grading scales. And then like we taught during like a really lax grading scale, like there aren't even grading scales anymore. Like in, in a lot of schools, even in good, formerly good schools from Chicago to Oregon, they're just completely ditching any kind of grades because all education is
4: what, what's the alternative to grading vaguely participatory. Uh, just giving everyone an A, um, Yeah, Chalkboard Review and the teachers that – so many teachers um, complain about the idiotic ideas that pass as wisdom in education. Uh, I read an article recently that was arguing that giving a kid a bad grade is potentially traumatizing. Traumatizing, right? Traumatizing is witnessing your friend – being murdered or assaulted that's traumatizing going to war getting a bad bad grade is just a little bit of dose of shame and encouragement
1: so there was remember how we used to make fun of uh that middle school girls would say like in every sentence sometimes twice you know like, like 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 this and like that and that kind of a thing trauma has become the new word that like people say all the time Constantly. Everything's trauma. Oh, it's so traumatic. It's trauma. It's triggering trauma and it lasts forever. It's terrible. Um, That kind of silliness manifesting in grading. I just I don't know it. uh, The the more I the more I think about these kinds of things, the more I am just depressed at the state of public education, because even when I was in the classroom, you were in the classroom. Um, I don't know if you ever had any situations in which you were told that you couldn't fail a student. I, even at my small rural Indiana school that I began teaching at, there was a student who should not pass on to the next grade because she had no proficiency in reading or math or science or history or anything else. And they said, well, we, you know, we got to keep them, you know, with their, with their friends. After all, that's what school's really about. And if you keep, keep her here in the sixth grade, then like, Who knows what will happen? Did you ever get that kind of lecture from an administrator?
4: Yes. uh, I had several tense conversations with administrators before about holding kids back. They always
1: were tense, right? Because you were told how mean you were and you were just like, uh, no,
4: they can't move on. (laughs) The big trend right now, and it's, it's this popular fad that districts across the country are adopting where you cannot give a kid below a 50%.
1: Yeah, I heard they about turn
4: in nothing. They could get every question wrong on a math test, where there's clear, clear, right or wrong. And the lowest grade you can give these kids is 50%. It's ridiculous.
1: I was told at Lawrence North in Indianapolis that I wasn't supposed to give below a certain percentage during the, the pandemic and that I wasn't allowed to grade in, in certain ways. And I just did what I wanted anyway, because uh, I'm not a liar. And uh, if the kid got a zero, guess what? You're getting a zero. You're not getting an incomplete. You're not getting the letter I on your report card That's stupidness you didn't do it part of the assignment is getting it done on time
4: i yeah. imagine telling your your employer or the irs or your um landlord, landlord. Oh, yeah i just i'm gonna turn it in late and you still have to accept it
1: i i i gave you 50 dollars like rent is like 1200 dollars a month here Boy, i gave you 50 don't i get to stay a little while
2: <laughs> no um, we're,
1: oh, it, I, we're like, on with Daniel Buck from the Fordham Institute talking about the new progressive education policy of uh, not giving kids grades because that's traumatic.
4: I went against, like you, uh, one of my administrator's wishes and just stopped accepting late work. I said to my students one day, I'm tired of you coming up and asking me for late work and turning things in a month after the time. You're not going to learn it because you're just rushing to get the stuff done after the fact. And I said, I am not accepting late work. If you do not give it to me on time, you get a zero. Of course, you know, if something happens, family emergency, obviously there are exceptions to those kinds of things. You know what kids miraculously started doing? Turning in their work. They all got it done on time. All of these excuses that we make for kids about why they can't get it done on time, it's all bogus. If you bring kids to a high standard, they're going to mean it. It's really that simple
1: it really is and again there is a part of education that is learning the ancillary skills that go along with a subject it just is just because you're in math class doesn't mean you're not learning other skills in relation to the math curriculum and one of the things that truly frustrates me is when we get ready to pass a kid to the next grade a grade which every single subject has stricter standards has more difficult content and also asks you to apply that in more advanced ways. And we've just confirmed, based on the kid's report card this year, that he or she is unfit to go to that next grade. Don't you think it would be cruel? Imagine, okay, just, just for a moment, imagine that uh, my child, she's, she's learning how to uh, put blocks together. And because I've seen that she's learning how to put some blocks together, tomorrow I drop her off at a masonry job site. And I hand her a trowel. And say, all right, get to work, you know, see you at four. D- does no one see the issue with that anymore? It, I, I don't, I'm like, what am I missing here? Help me out. Because usually this is the time where you can actually tell me what the, the libs are thinking. What am I missing? Do they think that like mitosis one day magically the kid in seventh grade is going to learn what they learned in sixth grade? What's, what's the reasoning?
4: Uh, the term that you'll hear is catastrophic failure where if you get a kid, if you give a kid an F, they're just going to give up. Um, they're so fragile that they can't handle getting a bad grade. And again, experience tells me the exact opposite. I gave a kid a bad grade on his essay once because he slacked off. You know what he did the next time? He asked me for advice and feedback and came in during lunch and recess to make sure he was doing well. Um, they treat... Children like their snowflakes, and then what do we get when these children become adults? Snowflakes that can't handle life, or you know, getting to work on time, or any of these kinds of things.
1: And that's true. But one of the, the question that I, I kind of want answered here is not what they call the consequences of grading. Honestly, and I, I mean this genuinely, what do progressives think that you you have a kid who doesn't know the sixth grade material, you pass them on to the seventh grade class? what do they think is going to happen? Like, do they believe that the student is just going to pick up sixth grade as they go? That's the part that always puts me at a loss because this is common sense to people who've actually done an honest day's work in the classroom. What's the logic behind moving the kid forward? Is it just avoiding catastrophic failure?
4: No, I think if you want the real progressive answer to that. I mean, they would say the idea that there is anything that we should learn is in itself oppressive. Kids come to school with all sorts of knowledge of their surrounding. They got street smarts um, that we would expect them to learn history or science. This is all of us just imposing our Western ways on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll even hear like learning loss isn't real because kids know exactly what they need to know. They might not know their math facts, but they know the difference between an insurrection and a coup is what one union leader said. Uh, the time, okay. right? It's just, it's this societal imposition that we put on kids that they ought to know things and we should just let them discover what they want anyways.
1: Okay. So, so, so that's the, the answer then the answer is that there's actually nothing to learn in school. So, they, this is the same group that says the public schools are essential for learning. Otherwise, the kids are going to be knuckle dragging Neanderthals. The the amount of doubling back and just pretending that things do not exist, the whistling past the graveyard that occurs in our education system, it bewilders me. I, I had uh, there was a special education teacher at, at uh, Knightstown, the school that I taught at the first year, and she had like half of our sixth grade class was in her special education class and i used to ask her and they were like i have medically diagnosed adhd some of these kids had the adhd label on that there is i don't even think 20 or 30 years ago during the pill pushing craze when adhd became mainstream i don't even think they would have been categorized then there are kids that are in there just to be in there and i remember asking her Are you preparing these special education students, you know, some who are life skills students, some who have like a very slight, maybe possibly only on rainy Tuesdays disability. Are you preparing them to like cope with this in the adult world? Like at what point do you start making up the ground and give them strategies to compete and exist alongside people that don't have these disabilities? And she looked at me like I just asked her to jump to Mars. Because all they did in that class was just get in infinite time for tests, no grades, didn't have to take finals, and, and colored on their hands. I was like, what, what are we doing here? You, we have state-sponsored daycare in some of these schools, and sometimes not even that.
4: I think I've said this on your show before, and I'm going to probably say it on your show again, but we've lost sight, and we've stopped valuing the concept of tough love. That's sometimes the most loving thing you can do for a kid Sit them down and put them in their place and say, you were bad at this, but that's okay. You can get better. I'm going to help you get better. You are misbehaving. Do not do that anymore. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting other kids. Here's a lunch detention for a week. I love you too much. I care too much about you to keep letting you do this. That's what I say to my own daughter when I give her a timeout, Mm -hmm. right? I care too much about you to let you keep doing this. It's tough love.
1: I think, that's, I think that's spot on. Daniel Buck, Fordham Institute, thanks for dropping in as you occasionally do to lament the mess of public education.
4: <laughs> thanks for having me on, t- Tony.
1: Stick around. You are listening to the Tony Kinnecast here on 93 WIBC.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips.
1: It's the Tony Kinnett cast on 93 W.I.P.C. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Tony Kinnett cast here on 93 W.I.P.C. The Indianapolis Star, the regional newspaper for the state of Indiana. It's not it's not doing too hot lately. And one of the reasons that it's not doing too hot. In fact, the main reason that it's not doing hot is because it's journalists are garbage a hot trash, um, a serving of disappointment. So the the latest example in a very long, way too long of a line of examples comes from John Tui, uh, who said today in a a tweet, uh, not until I moved from Chicago to Indianapolis did I discover that bum F Indiana isn't the state's official name. Now I'm wondering if it shouldn't be. He said griping because it doesn't look like the Indiana legislature is going to build a really useless and expensive blue bus line oh but wait there's more greg doyle the sports columnist uh, was whining uh, just the other day that would be yesterday um, that history won't be kind on this decision he's talking about again the fact that the federal courts have uphold upheld indiana's law on uh, forbidding kids from accessing hormonal experiments and um, gender-affirming surgery and This is really the key reason why Uh, when your sports columnist and uh, reporters start giving you political commentary um, that's unasked for and don't actually report the news or report sports well. Uh, it turns out people aren't paying for your paper anymore. And that's why if you go over to Facebook and you find an Indie Star advertisement that will offer you uh, a whole year or maybe six months of the Indie Star for just a dollar, please, please subscribe, just $1. And it, it's just, the comments are just full of people laughing. So we're going to play a quick game here called What I Would Rather Spend a Dollar On Than the Indianapolis Star. Allison, are you out there? Hello, hello. I ask you to find some great things here at the end of the show that you would spend a dollar on. Is there anything out there left that you can still find for a dollar?
2: Uh, so unfortunately, the list is a little shorter than usual. But first thing, a polar pop, one of those big, uh, oh, drinks yeah, from the gas one of the, station.
1: yeah, okay, that's a really good one. Um, I, well, my first one's going to be really lame. I, dental floss is is still under a dollar. It's You needed. can still get dental floss. It is. It is. It is needed. What What else you got? Uh, a cup of noodles. Ah, the old cup of noodles. I'll one up on the food there. Apparently, Jack in the Box still does two tacos for ninety nine cents. I'm hey, that's now that's a winner. Have you ever a eaten a one. Jack in the Box? I, I haven't had their tacos, and I did not know about this deal, but now I'm going to. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little suspicious, uh, and I, I am <laughs> I'm, I'm worried. Uh, so wh- the other one that I saw that I was kind of shocked. Um, There is an Italian wafer company called Bidoccio, and they have an entire box of vanilla wafers you can get on Amazon right now for a dollar, and they arrive overnight. And it's actually like about seven ounces of wafers, which is is not bad, not bad at all for sandwich cookies. I just love this food trend you're going on. (laughs) I know. I'm going to steer clear of the Act 2 Butter Popcorn, and uh, we're going to end on something positive. You can still buy a pack of Bic ballpoint pens for under a dollar it comes with 10 of them 10 ballpoint pens for a dollar you too could have something that valuable did you find anything else under dollar or we are we running dry uh the last thing i thought of was uh, one of those one dollar lottery tickets (laughs) ah see there you go then you have a chance of actually getting something good yeah that's not bad yeah also just for kicks and giggles an actual strawberry tube of chapstick brand chapstick is also still just one dollar and look the chapstick will last you more than six months it will now you'll probably lose it because i i'm pretty sure i've never kept a tube of chapstick longer than a week and a half and then it goes into that void where like all of my left socks go uh, but all of that just goes to show you how many wonderful things out there that you too could be spending a dollar on other than the Indianapolis Star, because it's gonna close sooner or later. And wouldn't you rather have something that lasts a little longer, like a a tube of chapstick, something that's that's better tasting than bad sports columns, like perhaps some wafers, some Jack in the Box tacos, a cup O noodles, the college student special. Those are the kind of deals that we bring you here on the Tony Kinnacast. Things that you can use or things that you can make fun of on Facebook. Thank you very much for tuning in this evening. Make sure to check out the podcast any place that you check those out. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been the Tony Cast here on 93 WIBC.